0: Welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. As you could tell by the title, this episode is a little bit different. Um, I get a little chatty at the beginning of this episode with my friend Lisa, and I talk about why I wanted to bring Lisa on and have this conversation. I've known Lisa for years, and given what has taken place in the last year, especially, but I guess forever. Lisa and I have a lot of conversations. I don't feel uncomfortable asking her questions that maybe some people are apprehensive of asking a black person. So I said, listen, I know personally a lot of white people who don't have relationships with black people, not because they are racist, but just because they're not in their circle. They live in their little middle-class white bubble and they're fine and all they know is what they're watching on TV or seeing on social. And we all know that that's what they're choosing to see. And sometimes they're believing opinions that are not based on facts and the whole situation. So I get into all of that with Lisa. And this is really just an extension of some of the talks and conversations we have on our weekly Friday calls. We chat every Friday about business, but you can't ignore some things. um, And you talk about current events and just life and what's going on and the whole thing. So this is kind of you sitting in on a conversation that Lisa and I have. And most of it is about race. Some of it goes into politics because there is a correlation. Some of it goes into classism because, again, there is a correlation. But most of it is just about race. And Lisa is just sharing some experiences and just some thoughts that she has being a black person. You'll hear her situation is a little different than maybe a, that of a black man living in the United States. But we we talk about it all. And this is very much not a white people. Listen, this black person is telling you her experiences. That's not what this is. This is something that it's just really you eavesdropping on conversations that Lisa and I have. I don't I, I wanted to be very mindful of the way I positioned asking Lisa to come on and the way I positioned the title of this episode and even our conversation, this isn't us schooling you on racism. This is, you know, Lisa just telling you about her life and me telling her about my life. And we're just trying to understand each other better, which I feel like isn't happening a lot. And some people... They may or may not have the opportunity to have a conversation with somebody like Lisa. So that's why I wanted to do it and just share it with you. So thanks for listening. And um, I hope you enjoy my combo with my friend Lisa.
1: Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson.
0: Welcome back to the Become a Media Maven podcast. This is a twofer for you.
1: Oh, really? I always love coming on and having conversations with you. I mean, we get to have a lot of them that aren't recorded, but we're going to change it up today.
0: (laughs) We have so many that aren't recorded. One that made me laugh last night was, I was like, ooh, a publicist in Toronto. Does Lisa know her? And you made me LOL, literally, when you were like, she's 22. No, I don't know her. She's so young. And then I was like, oh, my God,
1: you're right. We're old. No, yeah, I don't know the kids anymore. Ah, oh my gosh, I hate saying that. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Okay, I wanted to bring you on the podcast. We're not going to talk about business today. We always have a call every Friday morning. For those who don't know, we met online on Facebook. <laughs> it sounds weird, like we're meeting killers, but we're not. Um, we met on Facebook years ago, and then we just started like our own little mastermind, and we chat every Friday. And obviously, we talk about business, but we also just talk about life and whatnot. And life has been very crazy um, the last, at least the last year. And for those of you who don't know, Lisa is a black woman. I guess I should preface that and mention that. Um, So when, you know, like shit was really hitting the fan around February, March-ish, like, I can't just continue to have these calls with you and not acknowledge like what was happening when I'm speaking with a black person once a week. So we started having conversations and then, you know, we have like white supremacists breaking into the Capitol, just like wild things. I should also mention listeners that Lisa lives in Canada. So not to say there aren't Issues dealing with race in Canada, but things are just very different there. I guess their racism—is it safe to say—is more polite than it is here because it's in Canada. I mean, it's—it's.
1: I always feel like you know, it's so different here. I remember so the last time I got pulled over and you know it's been a while now thank goodness maybe it was like six years ago I remember I was driving down Bloor Street and there was a Range Rover going way too slowly for my liking so I passed it so I got pulled over by a cop who's hiding and it was like a really nice summer day so the sunroof was open I was playing Taylor Swift Bad Blood I'm pretty sure that was the song and he came over and he started singing the song with me he gave me like he's like I ran your plate I have to give you something so he gave me something that was less than a parking ticket and you know I remember sitting in brunch with some friends one day saying like, that's what it's like to be in Toronto, Canada. And one of my friends, a black male who's darker than I am, he was like, no, no, Lisa, I got pulled over a few weeks ago, driving my dad's Mercedes and four other backup cars came. And I was like, whoa, didn't know that that happens. So there are definitely some differences here, but you know, there are also some similarities.
0: Yeah. And I also want to point out, and this is me just what I see as a white person. Obviously, I don't know, but I'm going to assume that what you experience as a pretty black woman who likes her fancy things, people, if you don't know Lisa, let me tell you, she likes her fancy cars and she likes her fancy shoes and she looks a certain way Okay, And it is not cheap to look and live the life that Lisa Simone Richards lives. But I'm just saying, looking in, I'm going to assume that somebody who looks the way you do is going to be treated differently than a black man who maybe doesn't drive a nice car or wear as nice of clothes. So I just want to make that point because the whole reason I wanted to do this podcast was because you tell me a lot of things. I ask you a lot of questions. And I, I know a lot of people who are white, who don't have a Lisa in their life to talk to about these things. And even if they do, they don't feel comfortable asking questions. Like I did not feel comfortable asking you to come on the podcast and be like, talk about your blackness with everybody. Just because Like you shouldn't have to do that. And you kind of like live a lot of things that you shouldn't live daily that like the last thing you want to do is come on and and talk about it. But I felt comfortable asking you just because of our relationship. And I think a lot of people do have questions and they do want to hear from people like you, but they just don't know anybody. I mean, I know I was telling you this last week when we chatted Up until the point that I graduated high school and moved to college, I could honestly say I probably saw or spoke to no more than 10 black people in my entire life. And that's just because I grew up in a small town in Ohio. They're just... A, there weren't a lot of black people there. And the ones that were there, like, I just didn't see them. They didn't go to my school. I didn't see them when I would go to work. So it just, it, it, I wasn't surrounded by it. And this was, you know, the pre-social media days. So I couldn't meet Elisa in, fa- in a Facebook group. So I just, and some people, they don't really ever get out of that. And it's not like it's it's their fault. Sometimes you can't control where you live or the people you surround yourself with. But I think at this point, there's not really an excuse to be ignorant because we have so many resources, whether they be the documentary on Netflix or just a way to meet people. I want people to know that like you experience shit that like I wouldn't even think of. I wouldn't even consider. Like the definition of white privilege is that. Tell me what you told me the other day what you do when you go shopping.
1: Yeah, so um, my fiance, who is white, and I went grocery shopping. And um, I guess the new thing that they're doing is emailing you the receipt. And um, so when they ask me, you know, do you want a printed copy or an emailed one? Him, he's always like, no, I don't need it at all. Don't bother wasting the paper. Um, And I always ask for a printed one. And I always throw it out pretty soon after or a file of her, you know, it depends on if it's for business or not, but that's besides the point. And one day when we were leaving, like, you know, we play around and joke with each other and I leaned over to him and I'm like, when you're black, you always take the receipt. And he was like, what? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, actually, seriously. Um, and those are the little things that like he never thinks about. And like another thing that I guess, like, This is going to sound very weird out loud. Like, I bend in really weird ways. Like, instead of crossing my legs inwards, I cross them outwards as a kid. So, anyways, one of my things sometimes when I'm walking around is, like, you know how people cross their arms in front of them? Like, I will very comfortably just cross my arms behind me. I don't know if that's weird. Um, But I think I remember doing it in a store one time. And he's like, what are you doing? You're so strange. I'm like, hey, guess what? My hands are behind me and open. People know I'm not stealing. And he's like, seriously. I'm like, yeah. I mean, these are I don't know. They're like, you know, the term that I've heard, I've learned over the last year is microaggressions. And I think about like little things in high school that happened. And, you know, you just learn to like, don't put your hands in pockets. Like if I need to get something from my purse, like I will be in front of a, beside a store associate opening my bag. So, you know, I'm not taking things from the merchandise and putting them in here, you know? Um, so there are little things that I honestly don't ever really think about, but they are things that I do to just knowing the skin that I'm in and how I may be perceived. So, it's very interesting exploring this with him because he's never thought of these things either.
0: And tell me about the time that you were driving across the border in your fancy car. And
1: so, we were in Toronto, Ontario, and we were visiting a girlfriend of mine who lives in Vermont. And it's really not that fancy a car. It's a fancy SUV, but it's also 10 years old. Let's be real. Um... <laughs> okay, people, it looks fancy. And so we're driving across the border at nighttime. It's an eight hour drive. And just as we're going through Montreal and we're getting ready to cross over into the U.S., I was just like, do I taking over and driving? Like, I mean, one, I've been driving for like about five, six hours. Like, I'm good. You can do the rest, rest of it. But I also know you're gonna get fewer questions with a white person driving that car going through the border. And sure enough, as we pull up to the, like the border customs person, um, he asked my fiance and I some questions, totally nice dude. Um, And he said something to my fiance about what do you do? And he works at a law firm. Um, He's in the marketing department. Not a lawyer, so, but you know, the guy at the booth is like, oh, that explains a fancy car, not knowing what department within the law firm my fiance is. And also, I was just sitting there like, are you blind or stupid? Cause when you read the name on the ownership, it's not his, it's mine, but okay, whatever. Like I, and what do I care? We just got through the border easily, safely. That's all that mattered. Um, but just like other fun little moments like that. Like we're looking, so we live in Toronto and for those people who don't know it is a super multicultural city. Like you don't take, nothing makes you bat an eye here. People of all different backgrounds, ethnicities, gender like doesn't matter, you don't even care. Um, Also, housing prices are astronomical. So we're looking to buy a home and, you know, we're not going to be staying in the city where it's crazy expensive. We're looking at moving to the suburbs. So and again, just a few minutes outside of Toronto, but I do notice like, when we're driving around a neighborhood looking at a house, and I guess I'm kind of bossy. I'm always the one driving. I love driving and being behind the wheel. But, you know, we were looking at one house one time, and we went went to a viewing, but I just wanted to get a glimpse of, like, the neighborhood, the parks, and all that kind of stuff. And after driving around twice or three times, then I was like, do you mind taking over? Because it might look sketchy that a Black person keeps circling the neighborhood. Like, why don't you drive an all sit shotgun? Like, and again, it's not like these are huge things that I'm like, Oh, woe is me, but they're, they're just little things that I notice, And I'm like, people will probably feel safer if they see it that way. So let me just switch over and let him drive.
0: Well, those things that you mentioned, those are all things that I think they define white privilege. I remember when, you know, almost a year ago, white, like people were kind of still learning that term And lots of people were getting offended and like people were saying, I don't have white privilege. I work hard for what I have. And it was just a total misunderstanding. Like, it doesn't mean you don't work hard. Like, it just means you don't have to think and do those things that you mentioned. Like, I don't think of where my hands are when I go shopping. I don't think of what people are going to think if I'm walking or, or driving around a neighborhood. So I think that instead of being defensive, people need to just listen to other people's experiences. And again, that's why I wanted to have you on because so many people don't have a Lisa in their life where they feel comfortable chatting about experiences. And you shouldn't just talk to one person. Like, your experiences are going to be very different from somebody else's. I mean, I would – I would guess that your experiences are going to be better than a lot of other people, just because one, you are an attractive woman and you live in a place that is not as judgmental as we live here. I mean, you live in Toronto, Canada, so it's a little different. So, I mean, you hear people saying, oh, I'm so tired of talking about racism and Black Lives Matter and white privilege, but like I'm always like, well, what do you think black people feel like? Like, I'm sure they're tired of dealing with it every day.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think what's really just naturally just coming up for me as I think about, you know, as the movement was all unfolding last year, there were a bunch of like images I just screen grabbed on social media. And I'm not someone who's super p- socially present. Like, don't do a ton of personal stuff like I always joke that I'm the only person who got engaged at the Eiffel Tower and there are no pictures to show about it I just genuinely don't care who <laughs> likes what I'm doing it happened and I know that and that's all that matters to me and I have to change that for business but that's a whole nother a whole nother point so you know I wasn't really posting a ton around that because again I'm just a lurker all the time but I remember seeing one image of a bunch of fists um, kind of lined up they were cartoons in different skin tones and it was saying something how people think that black lives matter means and it elevates one you know the black fist above all the others but just saying what it means is like you know we want to be at that equal line because you know again i i really want to make sure i'm clearly saying that i'm not coming from a woe is me point of view but i you know i think about like conversations that my mom had with me as a as a kid i remember her so clearly sharing with me like Lisa know that in your life you're just going to have to work like twice as hard as other people to get to the same starting line um and even to this day like I kind of joke with Steve the fiance about things like you know um bougie. Lisa wants to send her kids to a bougie school. Um, (laughs) And, you know, for him, he doesn't have to do anything particularly special for an application. We both went to independent schools. But like, I also make sure I do things to position myself in a specific way, right? I'm on the alumni association board of my university. I'm on the alumni association board at my high school, you know, so that I have a resume that also, you know, makes me a no brainer compared to others. Meanwhile, he doesn't think about things like that. He's like, we'll just send the kid, whatever. I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure that I'm presenting myself as a super cut above the rest so that it's like easy for us.
0: I can compare something like that again, because I'm not black. I'm half Puerto Rican, but I'm the palest Puerto Rican you'll ever see in your life. I was not blessed with the JLo glow. Um, is, is being a business owner and being a woman, it's like women do have to work a little bit harder to be at the same starting line as a man, just because we get treated differently. And again, that's something that men don't see. Because they're not women. Like men don't get the crazy DMs I get. Men probably don't have their male clients referring to them as kiddo. As I had a male client refer to me and my female team as kiddos. I mean, it's and it's just little things like that where you don't know what you don't know. What do you think about the... I'll let you share and then I'll share. The reaction of people... Regarding the capital attack,
1: oh, like in in terms of how the white rioters were treated versus like if it was black lives matter, yeah, that's one that yeah, oh, no I mean no one's surprised, I mean, if anyone's surprised, wake up, <laughs> you know what I mean, like that's not a shocker at all, um, it's disheartening, it's annoying to see, and I you know some things that you kind of roll off and not even think about because I don't necessarily come from the lens of looking at that angle of things first, but even reading about, you know, Jake and Jelly or whatever his name is, um, you know, I think he went on a three day hunger strike until he got organic food. Like imagine a black person doing that. Like I only eat an all organic food diet and they'd be like, okay, we'll starve, whatever. Like what, when have we seen that happen? So.
0: Same thing, it's not a surprise and it pisses me off that it's not a surprise. On another level, um, people were saying that, oh, well, Black Lives Matter. They, they did this over the, the spring and summer. And I thought there's, there's one thing that is the same in the situation. One is that you had people protesting for something they believed in. But let's look at the protests, <laughs> the things that people believed in. One was that they believed they were being treated unfairly. Like it was literally a protest for equality. The other one was a protest uh, because somebody didn't like the results of an election. One was a matter of life and death. The other was being a sore loser. So that's a difference. And then one thing that they did have in, in the same is that the majority of protesters remained peaceful and calm. And then you had a small percentage who looked at that opportunity as an excuse to go wreak havoc and break into things and ruin things and be violent. Where I get pissed off is people act like all Black Lives Matters was violent and they were all breaking into things and there were no peaceful protests and they were all being violent. And that pisses me off because we saw, yes, you can choose to see the riots, but you can also see that nine out of 10 were very safe. You had police kneeling with some people when you didn't have police tear gassing peaceful protesters. And then you look at the other side and you have a police officer taking a selfie with a rioter. It wasn't a selfie with a peaceful protester outside the Capitol. It was a selfie with a protester who broke into the Capitol illegally And he was just hanging out inside the Capitol taking a selfie with him. Like, people try to say the two are the same. And when you break it down, the two are so different. And I honest to God think there are not that many stupid slash mentally ill people who honestly believe that. I think people know that. They recognize the differences. They just don't give a shit because it doesn't affect them. Like, people can be, like you know, like I mentioned how I grew up. And I was in my little white bubble of middle class, not being exposed to a lot. The only reason I really started being exposed to a lot was because I worked in TV news and I moved to bigger cities and I was around it and I was talking to people and I was learning. But there are people who could go through their entire life in their white middle class area with work, with family, with friends, and not have to, I'm using air quotes, care or deal with, or be associated with things that are like equality for black people. So they just don't care to even be accurate about the shit that comes out of their mouth because they're only seeing their perception, their very sheltered, closed-minded perception of things.
1: Two things there that you said that I want to lean in, or two things I want to say based on what you said three words that you said that like or going through my head and then you said them out loud were choose to see what are you choosing to see because no matter which side you're on for any argument there is you can choose what you want to see so why not be curious and consider another perspective um even like one teeny little thing in terms of like opening up your point of view and your perspective like a small thing anybody could do like I was talking to one of my buddies he and I check in with each other daily and I was I'm a huge YouTube watcher we're going kind of off topic here but we'll bring it back to the media in one second um I noticed that like my YouTube's kind of white you know like from the cooking videos to the lifestyle videos and I was like well you broaden my perspective like Who can I watch that's, like, gay? Who can I watch that's trans? Who can I watch that's Chinese? Who can I watch it? Like, let me just catch some different, you know, exposure here and see different perspectives that I wouldn't otherwise see. So we have such fantastic opportunities to see the world through other people's eyes and have a lens of empathy. Um, So there's really no excuse for that. Um, And the other thing, speaking in terms of what people see, I, I was at... I think my mom was in the emergency room for one reason or another and she's fine. Um, but I remember sitting in the ER with her and it's not normal in Canadian places that we have the news to turn to like American stations or the TVs and waiting rooms in American stations. But for whatever reason, I think it was on Fox oh, dear. and I was sitting in it's, it's like not normal here. And I was sitting watching like it was cops or like tow truck wars or something. And I was just like, no wonder they see us in a certain way. Like, look at what they're choosing to put onto. Like, are you showing Black people doing good things? Or is it just crime show after crime show after crime show after Jerry Springer? Like, what are you choosing to put out there? Like, so just being really aware of where you're getting your information and being conscious of am I taking things in from as diverse a perspective as possible? Like, even an area where I got schooled a few months ago, because I think it's important to be transparent, is... um. You know, in online business, we often host these summits to be able to, like, reach more people and grow our lists. So I reached out to one person who I'd been in communication with who I thought would be an excellent fit. She's Black. And we got on a call talking about the event. And she was like, well, what's your, um, you know, do you have diversity? And I'm like, I think out of, like, 20 people, we might have, like, five people who come from different backgrounds. And she had said to me, I only participate in things that have 50%, you know, DEI and representation. I was like, Huh. Didn't think of that, and I am a black person, you know. So that's something that I have also like moved into practice now. I'm like, yeah, why don't I make sure we're bringing different perspectives and perspectives in and be conscious? So I think it really again is coming down to choosing what you see. And again, a few years ago, we didn't have the kind of again dating ourselves to sound old and not like 22 year olds on the back. We've done
0: that. I've noticed a few times today. <laughs> <on this.
1: laughs> I mean, like, we'll um, but, you know, it's not like when we didn't have the excuse of we didn't have access, like we have access. Look up something you would otherwise get another lens.
0: Well, and to broaden that point, like know what you're watching. It drives me crazy. A lot of people today are fighting. They're They're saying things as if they're fact and they're not fact. And everybody wants to talk about fake news and the media is lying. And that really gets under my skin. Because first of all, you have to define what the media is. That's a pretty broad term. And one, there's a big difference between a local news station sharing the the news broadcast at 6 p.m. or watching David Muir on ABC Nightly News at 6.30 p.m. and watching CNN or watching Fox. If you notice, and people stop being lazy and stop being stupid, When you watch the nightly news, you don't hear one opinion. You just hear facts. When you watch CNN or Fox, those are opinion shows. Those are talk shows. One sentence will be news. They will say the Capitol was attacked. The next 39 minutes are going to be opinions about that. And people are so dumb that they watch those opinions and they say, oh, I saw it on the news. This is the way it is. Like, it's embarrassing. The thing, people are trying to base opinions on other opinions. You need to base your opinion on a fact. And those facts need to be backed up with statistics, with data. Or if you're going to have an opinion, it should be based off your personal experience or people you talk to or listen to about their experiences. Like, I feel like so many people, they believe everything they see on the internet, they clearly haven't understood or learned how the internet works and how easy it is to put anything on there that they just believe everything they see on the internet. And again, they don't know the difference between a talk show and a news program between a documentary and something that was created for entertainment. And they sound like idiots. Like so many people sound like idiots. I, You know, I don't like talking to people a lot. I mean, you are one of the rare exceptions and that is one of, (laughs) that is one of the big reasons. Like, how do you even have an intelligent conversation with somebody when they are basing their quote unquote facts on ridiculous opinions that have like no basis or truth to them? You can't, it's like speaking to a crazy person.
1: I honestly, like, my approach is just protecting my energy. I know there are the warriors out there who are going to fight people tooth and nail to death, and that's just, it's just not me. Um I was watching a friend on, I have two friends who, I don't think they really care for one another, <laughs> but, you know, it's not my shit to deal with. Anyways, they were on a Twitter war with each other for hours on Republican versus Democrats, and, like, I just... And at the end of it all, I was like, and what do you think you did? Like, did he did he change his mind? Is he going to vote differently? Like,
0: and I think at this point, I mean, for a while, it's so beyond politics. It's so beyond Republicans versus Democrats. Like, for me, I don't give a shit what you are. I care about your morals and your character and your values. And at this point, yes, there is a correlation between who do you support Mm-hmm. And your morals and your values and your character 100%. Like, you can't – I'll use another example. I won't use the current one, but please, people, you know what I'm talking about. Um, You can't say, well, I don't agree with what Hitler did, but I approved of his policies. Like, at some point, there is a line you got to draw where you're like, okay, that's enough. I cannot support somebody who does this. And – I remember when Donald Trump was running for election back in the day, he said I could shoot somebody on fifth Avenue and not lose any votes. And I was like, Oh my God, that's a ridiculous thing to say. And to like, Holy shit. He's right. I have some family members who I believe would still vote for him. If I was the person he shot on fifth Avenue, like it is an odd thing. And again, I don't care what your politics are. I mean, everybody has different politics for their own reason, right? Like if I'm a rich person, I probably would vote for back in the day, not now, but before we knew how mentally ill he is, in my opinion, because he looks out for rich people. If like money was my priority, he's my guy. If I'm a white trash, racist, white supremacist, I'd probably vote for him because those are his views too. You know what I mean? So you can't get mad at somebody for their political views because that's a personal thing based on their situation. But I will get mad at you if your character sucks. I won't be friends with you if you have bad morals and values. Like, for me, that's what it's about. And I think people in the last few years, especially this last year, have made their character and their morals and their values very clear. And it's been very, for me, with where I come from, I'll just leave it at that, I've been very disappointed.
1: And I think, you know, even we're seeing this in the Republican Party, we're seeing this in our friendship circles and on our feeds, like, you, there are people who supported him up until like a week ago when everything happened at the Capitol, like, where are the people still supporting him now? If you are still there now, if you are still there now, like, I just, pfft, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking because it's rude.
0: Because it's rude and she's Canadian and she is polite. Well, for me, when people like just, just said, okay, I'm not going to support him anymore. I'm like, so like all these other things he did, like you were cool with that. Like that's, then that's what I think. I'm like, I'm glad you're finally seeing the light, but like you were cool, ignoring all these other things. Okay. This is kind of turning political. I didn't want to go there, but I do think there is a correlation again, between what's happening and racism
1: I'm trying to think like I mean, usually when I'm talking about publicity, I have a bunch of little endings that I say on podcasts, but this is and terrible- all of our
0: conversations where you've like made like like these points and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just wish like so many white people could hear this. Like they're just natural conversations that we're having. We should just start recording all of our Friday calls and just posting them on the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think I don't know. I think what's coming up for me is like, I have really enjoyed seeing some of my white friends really just take it upon themselves like um to do a book club around the book, Me and White Supremacy. Like I, thought, I, I sat in on one of the Zoom calls. and I'm like, oh, I'm up in their space. But like, it was really cool to see people having that conversation. Something that I've been really, you know, interested in learning about on my end is the concept of colorism. And, you know, because one thing you've said on this podcast is, you know, you look a certain way and you can get away with certain things. Um, And there are people who don't look that way and they're being villainized for who they are naturally as a person, which is awful. So, you know, learning about colorism and exploring that a little bit further has definitely been something that's been super interesting to me in the last little while. So another level to go into after you kind of start.
0: And not just colorism. I mean, this is another conversation, but, but classism, too. Because, I mean, we've seen this with, um, like, the high school boys and the college boys who get caught raping girls. Like, if you are a rich guy or you're, like, a popular swimmer headed to the Olympics, you get probation. When, if you're poor, you go to jail for a while. I mean, there was that kid who was rich and he was driving drunk and he hit a family Do you remember this? He hit a family and he killed the whole family. And the judge said he was too affluent to know better. Like he was too rich to know better. So he didn't go to jail. He was put on probation. Did you not hear this?
1: We have our own version of that here in Woodbridge, Ontario, where the guy got sent to like cottage country to chill for a while.
0: Yeah, we had one of those. We had Jeff. you know, Jeffrey Epstein, James Patterson wrote a book on him. There's a few Netflix documentaries. I mean, everybody knew for years, decades that he was like running a sex ring with underage girls. Everybody knew. I don't know if he was just paying everybody off, but he was super rich and he was literally first of all, it was impossible to get him to go to jail. Then finally, when he was sentenced to like the most minimum ridiculous sentence, they let him leave jail every single day. And he would literally would go home every day and only return at night to sleep. Like, like, what is that? Like, you know, if anybody, percentage, a fraction of what he did, their punishment would be so much worse. And again, there is also a correlation between classism and colorism that dates back. I mean, if you watch again, have you watched the Netflix documentary called Thirteen or Thirteenth? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like, I learned a lot because you really don't learn a lot. You know, I mean, it's really in the United States. I don't know what it's like in other countries. But if you want to learn about, like, history as it relates to racism and classism, like, you have to educate yourself. But I learned a lot as to how the laws that were in place then, like, still affect you today. And I guess, again, the way I could relate to it as a female, women are still not treated equally. I think it may be in the past, if there were laws that did not hold us back, we would be a little bit further ahead than we are now. You know, like I remember one time, this was years ago, of course, an ignorant white person in my family was like, why do all, have you ever noticed like all the black people, like they all live in the same neighborhoods, like the neighborhoods are all black. And I'm like, I don't know. Well, that's because legally, That's where they had to live. Like they weren't allowed to live anywhere else. Why are there only black colleges? Because white people wouldn't let them go to other colleges. They had to create their own. And they still exist. Like there's just so many things that. Like I learned a lot watching 13. And I felt like the United States education system is a whole other (laughs) story. But, you know, I was a little like halfway like, well, how did I not know this? And then I was like. Also, like, wow, I learned a lot and I feel I feel very ignorant, which I mean, I think I'll always be ignorant to things that I'm not, you know, surrounded by or experienced 24 seven. But like, at least I'm trying to understand and learn from other people. And I'm not I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm not really afraid to ask you questions that like I don't know like I always ask you about your weave I mean granted you are always like doing your hair when <laughs> when. I just ordered
1: her- a wig a few days ago because we're on lockdown I'm not going to be able to see my weave girl
0: oh my gosh okay the difference between Canada and the United States Canada goes on lockdown Ontario goes on lockdown because they have 200 new cases a day if we we're have up to 200- like
1: 3,000 now it's getting a little psycho
0: okay 3,000 new cases a day in Florida, we had the other day, we had 15,000 new cases and people still throw temper tantrums about wearing masks and everything else. And you go on complete lock. Like, it's just such a different culture there. I admire it. I like the Canadian culture.
1: Um, I, I like it here too. <laughs> 2019, you know, I always say San Diego is my second home. And it's sad that I haven't been there for as long as I have. Um, But I definitely do appreciate where we settle things with hockey sticks and maple syrup.
0: And I have to come and see you. I'm going to come and see you in the fall in Canada. But you you don't feel comfortable coming to see me in the United States anymore.
1: You know what? That's definitely something I've thought about a lot. Um, I mean, pandemic related aside. um, But yeah, like I was saying, like. I was, I can't remember how many times specifically I was in the States, but I do know I was on 50 planes in 2019, and the majority of them were going to San Diego, California. And I would absolutely be remiss to say that just like I would feel comfortable or normal walking around there the way that I always had up until now, for sure. Like, truthfully, I am not in any rush.
0: Yeah. Like, what are you af- afraid of? Experiencing or happening or seeing or hearing, like why? Um,
1: You know what? I can't say that I think anyone's gonna like come at me and yell the n word or something like that. But just that, like that pervasive feeling of of am I not wanted here? Am I being looked at in a different way? Like, I mean, you know, I don't always rush to make everything about being black again, but like, you you just can't help it if someone like looks at you a certain way for a second, and then it they they're disarmed or something like that. So. Just those little feelings of not being wanted, that's what I would want to avoid the most. Like, I just don't want to spend the energy on, like, it's nothing and rationalizing it with myself and.
0: You just be, like, self-conscious and uncomfortable.
1: I think so. Yeah, that really is it. Even if it's Um, not for it, it would just be, like, a nagging feeling. And, like, I mean, I could just be where I don't have that feeling at all.
0: And you kind of, you've mentioned to me before, like you're looking for a house in the suburbs that like your fear is you're going to buy a house and most of your neighbors are going to be white and you're going to be outside one day and they're going to be like judgy, I guess is a nice way of saying it.
1: I think the moment that I kind of fear is that, you know, the moment when you kind of pull up with the U-Haul and stuff and like a neighbor looking from their window and just Saying to themselves, like, there goes a neighborhood. Like, sometimes again, I don't want to always have this feeling first, but you just can't help it. Like, even when Steve and I will get out and look at a house. Oh my god, I don't know if I told you about this one. So we went to look at one house a few weeks ago. It was off the cuff. We were in the area. We drove past it. I just called the guys, like, do you happen to be doing nothing right now? In two minutes away, and he was like, actually, yes, I am. I was like, great, we'd love to come see it. So um, we parked a little further down the street. And we walked up and we're staying on the doorstep. Someone had just left and we're like waiting there. He said he'd be there in five minutes. And across the street, there's a guy, the realtor, we later figured out, just like having a cigarette with like the neighbors chilling. And I'm like, we're standing here on the porch. Hi. And then he like nonchalantly came over. I'm like, is he not taking it seriously as buyers right now? And I was like, God, imagine there were two black people here. I'm with a white guy um and then i remember when we were in the kitchen at one point he said so just so you guys know the average household income in this in neighborhood is x and i was like again is this something that you've bought houses i haven't yet is that a normal comment to say to people is he trying to like weed us out like we may not fit here like yo i don't mean to make y'all feel bad but my salary alone is more than that so like we're going to crush in this neighborhood. But, like, again, like, I'm not going to say that to him, but I, it just, like, and it just maybe a little uncomfortable, but I remember driving around the neighborhood a few times, and everyone smiled at me driving. We went to go visit my friend who's about a 50-minute drive away who I'm looking forward to knowing in the suburbs. And as we were leaving their house, I remember getting into the car, and one guy was just giving us the dirtiest look, and he literally just walked out of the house and went into our car, and he was driving the car. But, like, and... Two days later, we were talking. I'm like, did you notice? He's like, yeah, I did. I'm like, huh. So like, it's just so crazy to think like, this is the biggest investment I'm ever going to make in my life. And I can't be somewhere that I'm not comfortable. Because in Toronto, you know, obviously with everything happening here, a lot of people are getting the heck out of the city and going into the suburbs for more space. And I've heard a number of stories. Like, again, the just kind of stuff that's popped up on the Twitter feed about like one brown family that moved to the suburbs and their like, neighbors have made their lives living hell. I mean, I I don't expect that that's what we're going to go through. But, like, the worst is the ones who, like I was saying kind of at the beginning, like, uh, there goes the neighborhood. Like, those are the people who are going to come over for barbecues and, like, be nice to your face. So, the devil you don't know is almost a harder thing to be worried about.
0: So, like, what is the solution? Is there a solution? I mean, I honestly don't think we'll ever, in my lifetime, I don't think women will ever be created equal I don't think black people I mean we are created equal treated equal I mean I don't think we'll Mm. ever be treated equally just because if you look who's in power and who has the authority to enforce things I mean they're white men and they don't they don't know what they don't know and I don't think a lot of them care to learn new things from new people who are different than them
1: yeah again don't want to make it political but all I can do is like You know, I'm totally liberal, love Justin Trudeau. And looking at how, when he was elected and had the people he brought into his cabinet, you know, just like making sure there was so much diversity, men, women, Aboriginal, black, white, whatever. Like there's so much representation in there and it's like, feels good to see the government and know that they're actually putting like a lot of different people in place to have different voices and struggles and situations, communities you'd never think of being heard. Like we have boil water advisories in Canada. Like that's crazy in some places. Um, so I mean, I don't have the solution to it. I don't have the answer. Like my fiance is a lot smarter and more thoughtful than I am. Maybe he'd have something super intelligent to say here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm glad to see, I'm glad to see it represented in the government here. And I'm sure some people could make some arguments that it's not. But from what I see, it's good to see the representation starting to come from the top down.
0: Yeah. And I think we're starting that. I saw I posted a picture on my Instagram after um, Biden and and Harris were elected. And it was a picture of all of the vice presidents and then Kamala Harris. And it was all old white men. And then it was her. Like a black. She's a few things. She's black and I think she's Asian, South Asian. Thanks. Anyway, and a female, like with all of these like old white men. And it was like, oh, well, I guess it's about time. Like, even if you did not vote for them, you just have to admit that's cool. You can't. I mean, I guess an old white man will support old white men in power right but yeah i, know. And, I mean for those people who
1: say it's not about race or sex and stuff like just even thinking of that image white man after old white man after old white man like imagine you were it was the opposite and it was just like all black women and you were just the one white man like i mean wouldn't you be like what When are we getting our voices heard? Like there's literally nobody in this entire line that represents me. You know what I mean? Like, and I always think like, what would it be like if we were like in an inverse world? You know, like everything by default was black with a sprinkling of white, and you know, white people kind of saw it like that.
0: Yeah. Or female with a sprinkling of male. I remember Ruth Bader-Ginsburg. She said somebody asked her about like how many women need to be on the Supreme Court justice for For, you know, it to it to make sense. And she was like, all of them, all of them should be women. And people are like, oh, my God, could you imagine all women like it's been all men like for years and years and years and nobody thought twice about it. So why are you thinking twice about it when it's all women? And can Mm -hmm. I just say, I know we're going from race to sex here, but can I just say, statistically, women handle their emotions better, like across the board, women are less likely to be the aggressor in domestic violence. You don't see women shooting up places all the time the way men do. The suicide rate among men is higher. Like y'all can say women are emotional, but you men can't handle shit. So let's just like squash that argument because clearly women handle emotions better.
1: Why are we the ones with the guns?
0: Anyway, Lisa, is there anything else? Have we discussed everything? I mean, I feel like there's I think so we much went of-
1: through kind of like a broad spectrum, and there's room for more. Maybe maybe there's a three for after a two for.
0: Okay. Okay. Here's one next. for people who are listening, who, cause I told you this, like people are afraid to ask if they, some people don't have a black person in their life that they can ask questions to. If they do have somebody, they're afraid cause they're afraid of saying the wrong thing because you can, you see this like people, they try to learn, they ask questions and they ask it in a way that's like, Oh, you shouldn't have asked. Like people are afraid. Like, what do you say to those people?
1: Send the questions to you and then you ask me on one of our Friday calls and we're not being recorded <laughs> and I'll answer through you. That takes the pressure off. I promise I don't bite, but you may feel more comfortable asking Christina. So I'm going to invite you to slide up in her DMs, ask her your questions if you don't have your own black friend to ask, and she will field it to me on a Friday morning and let you know what I said.
0: Oh my gosh, that is so ridiculous, but that's actually a good idea. If, people really go. like,
1: if they really the do want to learn and want to grow but didn't have someone to ask, Hi, friends. Here I am. <laughs> I love you.
0: Um, okay, Lisa, I think that's it. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, before we this go? is
1: a fun one. I'm looking forward to seeing what questions show up in your DMs.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of afraid, but we'll see.
1: <laughs> okay, Lisa, where can people find you for business stuff? Oh, head over to my website at com to learn all things about me and the links to the socials and everything from there. So I'll just give you one thing to remember, com. There you go. And
0: you can, uh, you could probably see her on her website. So you can see when she called herself bougie Lisa, she wasn't lying.
1: <laughs> We're due for a new photo shoot. It will be bougie once I can get my eyebrows done. These are priorities before I can take pictures again.
0: Hashtag business expense. There we go. So what did you think? I mean, I don't think Lisa was totally joking when she said if you have questions for her to slide into my DMs and ask. So if you really do have questions, if you really do want to understand something and you don't feel comfortable asking a person of color near you or in your circle, maybe you don't have somebody, feel free to send me a message and and ask me and I will make sure to pass that along to Lisa and um get you your answer but i think um we mentioned it in the episode the the documentary called 13 i don't know if it's called 13 or 13th but if you put the 1 and the 3 in netflix you will find it it was very educational it was very eye opening the beginning was a little slow obviously the whole thing's educational and you're going to learn the beginning is a little slow um and not as entertaining as the rest of it. So if you can just get past the first 15-20 minutes of it, I think it will I mean it sounds bad to say, entertain you the rest of it. Um but again, if 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 you if you want to learn a little bit more and you want to learn from an unbiased opinion, like this documentary it's all facts. These aren't people sharing their opinions. This is the history of this country and this is how it has paved the way for the way things are today then I think you should watch it. Again, it's it's uh, 13 on Netflix. There's countless books um, you can read to learn about the topic. Uh, but again, consider your source, right? I mean, consider your source regardless of what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're listening to. And again, if you have any questions for Lisa, I guess slide into my DMs. Hey, that's what she said. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Next week, we will get back to business here on the podcast. But Lisa and I, we just have such amazing conversations weekly. And I said, oh, I just wish you could share that with my ignorant white friends and family. So I was like, just come on the podcast because I know there's so many people who are curious about these things and they don't have anybody to turn to to find things like this out or to hear things like this. So, anywho, thanks for listening. If you haven't already, tap that subscribe button, and I will see you next week on another episode of Become a Media Maven.